Welcome to Dancing with Gravity, my podcast about seeing life through the eyes of a juggler. I'm the juggler. My name is Cyril Rabat, or in English you would say Surreal Rabat. Um, but, you know, it's like it's always a dilemma when I meet new people and they ask me, what's your name? I'm like, okay, am I going to tell them like Cyril? Because here in the States, it's just going to be awkward. But if I just let them say it, they're going to be like, oh, cereal. And it's like, meh, no, like, I'm not Cheerios or something like that. So I came up with like surreal. It's kind of like, sounds better, right, than cereal or whatever else weird pronunciation. You American guys, beautiful people are not able to pronounce. So, yes, um, so I've been a professional, I'm French, yeah, well, now you figure that out. Um, I've been a professional juggler for past 25 years, and this is episode number 19, and we're going to go in the weeds about perception. I've been meaning to talk about that for a while and um well this is one of the big big growth that i've been through through uh in my career as a juggler and it's like perception perception and understanding of myself and the world and um i don't know if you can really talk about that or if you have to go through the actual experience uh, and feelings and amount of crazy shit you need to go through to like realize because I, I really was pushed way past my comfort zone to get to those um, conclusions and understanding that I was not right and it didn't mean that I was wrong and that, you know, two people with opposite belief can be both right and there's not necessarily a loser when there's a winner. It's more like, I don't know where that comes from, like actually, why do we need to have a loser when we have a winner? It's like, that is a binary rule and, and it's true it, it, it is like if you're competing against someone if you win it means someone is going to lose so sports is based on on that um, and now that I think about it like um, the financial system is based on that too you know like if you follow the stock uh, stock market you know, people buy and people sell. And one of those two people is going to be a winner. They're going to make a, you know, better transaction and make some money out of it. And if someone makes money, someone loses money. It cannot dissociate. You know, it's, it has to be like that. If you have someone who sells, it means you have someone who buys. So, we are in a world of winning, losing, but the truth is when you step back from all those 
um, it's not like only like physical or monetary things. It's because, you know, winning a competition is, is but it's physical, I guess. It's like using your body and, and measuring your body. It's like if you, if you go out of like measuring things through the body or money or, you know, having like a whatever scale you can measure thing in this, then you get into the realm of like the intellect or the spiritual or the emotional. And the, at that level, it's really hard to measure things, you know, like it's the same thing, like people suffering, you know, it's like, how do you measure how much people suffer? You know, how, how do you compare that? Like intellectually, you can say, okay, someone in a poor country with no water and no food that is going through something very difficult is obviously suffering. But in the richest country in the world, America, someone who has money and has, you know, a car and warm water and all the convenient stuff we have in a rich country, this person might still be suffering in another way. And then how do you measure and compare those? It's like, part of me is like, well, the poor person in this poor country struggling obviously has bigger challenges and is suffering more than this rich person over there being overwhelmed by rich people's problem. But at the same time, the level of suffering might be the same. It's a question of perception. So from within, those people might be handling the same thing, might be not, not, not the same thing, but the same level of pain and frustration and, and anger. Or maybe not. And maybe it's actually the other way around. You know, maybe the rich person is actually suffering more. I don't know. We don't know, actually, it's there, because we have no way to measure things the same way we measure physical um, properties. And I think we're, we're like obsessed with measuring everything and putting label on everything. But then we have very poor measurement systems. So to talk about that, I want to talk about different things. And one of them is values and asking the question, like, what are your values? And to talk about that, I'm going to talk about my own values. And the truth is, when I started juggling and being, you know, pursuing my career, I... I didn't know consciously what were my values, you know, like I was simply pursuing my dream and, and working really hard at it, not because I had to, just because I wanted to. And it, it just seemed to me very obvious, like it, it seemed to me that's the only way to go about it. So it was not even like... 
something extraordinary that I was doing. Like I was not being so dedicated and like sacrificing myself. I was just doing it because I had no other choice because of who I am. So one of the questions is like, well, are you a good person because your natural values are just pushing you, you know, to do whatever you want, like all the way and like put your heart and soul and sweat into your dreams? Like, does that make you a better person that someone that is having a very hard time because they don't have the structure, you know, spontaneously, like innately, <clears throat> sorry, they don't have like innately the, the structure, the mental structure and the dedication. And so, and, but they still do it. It's just that it's harder for them, you know, in that case, maybe that person is actually working even harder than I was. You know, because if you don't have the natural inclination to do something and you do it anyway, that's the proof of a strong will. In a way, I, I don't even think I was, I mean, I was wor working really, really hard, but only because it seemed the only option to me. It just seemed, I, I, I couldn't think otherwise. I was programmed as a kid where I grew up and what I saw around me just, just structured that in my brain. So in a way it, it's weird to take credit for that. It was just normal to me. So here is, you have a value system and you can see that it's hard to measure this. Like, does it make sense? Does it make more sense for, an, for, for someone else? And then in which case is it harder and more like honorable in a way? So, and, and also, so I had no idea about my values at the beginning. I just was working really hard because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. And that's what I thought life was about. And then eventually, I got to realize that I sacrificed a lot of things that I didn't want to. I sacrificed a lot of relationship with my family and like didn't nurture them and put enough energy towards them. And I just took it for granted because my, because I was blindsided to like just go in one direction. So that was a big sacrifice. And I realized later down the road that that was my actual values. My values were much more about my family and taking care of my loved ones than becoming the best I could. You know, it's like going through life, my value system changed or I actually started to become aware of, of it. Like it's, it's like I wasn't even aware. And it's weird when you're actually doing the right thing, but you're not aware. That, that's the weird thing. It's like 
if you're lost in your piece of shit and you're doing the wrong thing all the time, it's easy to be like, oh, this person is lost. So they need to find their value and create a value system. But what if this person is actually doing everything right? They're working really hard. They're sweating at it. They're putting their heart into it. They're being smart about it. They're doing everything right. You know, like that's the picture we have in the society right now. Like you're supposed to, to do that, to work hard, play hard. And then, you know, like in America, everybody can make it. And if you're not making it, it's because you're a piece of shit and you're not working hard enough. This is so such bullshit you know, for so many reasons. But one of the reasons is like, I actually did everything right according to that ideal. But actually I was as lost in my value system as every as in, anyone else. But I, I didn't know it because I was being validated that what I was doing was right. You know, the society was like, whoa, this guy is working hard, he's making it, he's accomplishing his dreams, so he's right. But then it was a, an outside validation. It was like a validation coming from outside, telling me from outside, hey, you, you, what you do is okay, is right. But from within, I was totally empty. I had no idea why. I was doing that. I mean, I knew I wanted to become the best, best than my neighbor, best than anyone else. Slowly transform into like becoming the best version of myself when I couldn't find anyone else to compete with, hopefully. But my value system was all fucked up. And now that I'm asking those questions to myself like I'm actually opening my eyes and asking myself but what actually what are my values and I'm realizing that my that the fa family is actually a huge value for me much more than actually anything else I'm realizing how much I fuck it up how much I really fucked it up and also how much it take to be happy in that space that actually I, maybe I don't need to be the best maybe I don't need to compete maybe I don't need to be always seeking for the ultimate validation because maybe being home with my family and taking care of them is actually what makes me happy and if that fulfills me then all the rest is just, you know, running around like a headless chicken, kind of. I like this picture. Headless chicken running around. So the question is, what are the values you're taking for granted? And what are the values that are truly meaningful to you not the one everyone is supposed you know what not the one you're supposed to have like work hard family like it, it depends it depends on everyone 
And it, it also depends on where you're at in your life. Those values change and evolve, and it's okay. In French, we say only stupid people don't change their mind. It's an old saying. Well, it's weird because in France, we don't really change our mind, but we do have that saying anyway. So another question would be the rules, like the rules around us, the rules of society, our rules, like the rules we go by, what we do, the rules of our family, all those different rules. And I realized touring and traveling the world and meeting so many other people in so many other cultures that I slowly realized that my rules are actually not the only rules around, right? Like there's many different type of rules depending on where you're born and where you're living your life. So at one point I was asking myself, like, what well, is it real? Like are those rules, because I was born in Paris, I grew up there and there's a set of rules and like unspoken rules, just everybody function according to some um, rules and they can be like physical, the space, how much you're, you know, you get close to someone else or not. You know, in, in, in France, when you say hi, you kiss each other on the cheek, on the cheek, you know, you, you, you actually kiss twice and women does that, men, women does that, men does that, like everybody does it, you know, it's like normal, you don't stay apart and shake hand from far away or you don't even hug, you actually kiss and you do that to people, I mean, it depends the... Um, um, social circles you're in, but like in my circus so circle, you just do it to any, everybody, like even the people you meet for the first time. And this is very intimate, right? You're actually kiss cheek to cheek. Someone is very intimate. Your, your face is on someone else's face. And this is very foreign to, to the U.S., to American people and to other cultures around the world so this is a physical rule for example that is okay in France and that's not okay somewhere else but then there's intellectual rules also like the way in France we cut off each other like in a discussion as soon as you understand what the other person is saying even though this person is not over saying what they're saying it's acceptable to cut them off and um, not, not, you know, like just keep on going with that ID, but f adding to the ID the way you want. And so discussions are very um, weird, actually. And from a certain perspective, the U.S. perspective is... is uh, it's kind of disrespectful because if you do that here in the U.S., it's it's you're, you're cutting off people all the time, and there's more respect here to like let someone finish their thought. Although I think it's also linked to the language, 
you know, because you see that, like, if you take a, a paragraph and you, you, you write anything, like you write 10 lines and you have a nice paragraph in French, if you translate it in English, those 10 lines become five lines. Like the English language is much more succinct. I don't know if you say this word in English, like succinct is like short, you know, it's like precise, direct, short. It's, it's like the, the French language is very good for poetry because it just never ends. You can keep on talking because there's so many different words to express the same thing. And also the structure, like the gram grammatical structure of sentences are like so long and, and floral, you know, like flourished with so many different things. So that is um, part of also the reason why we need to cut each other off because if we don't, we're just gonna have like monologues of like 20 minutes each you know so the same conversation that you can have here in the u.s in 20 minutes would take us three hours to have that's also probably why when we you know in the culture we all we always stop to have lunch and dinner and people sit down and have those long Uh, meal time and they talk to each other but also maybe it's also due to the fact that a language takes so long you know and we do have to we, we 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 do need a lot of time to express ourselves because of the language and if you think about it the language you use is also the way you think because to articulate a thought in your head You're actually using words, the words you know in your native tongue, most of the time, your native tongue. It cannot, it can be another language if you're really fluent in another language, but basically you're using a language to think. And so to formulate those thoughts, and it's unconscious because the language is so part of you that you don't even realize you're actually speaking words in your mind when you're thinking. But that's how you think. And imagine that the, I just described how the grammatical and the language, the French and the English language is so different. Imagine that if you're thinking with a different language, how the product of your thinking is going to be different. So actually, the person you are and you think you are, you think you are that person because you're thinking in that language. But imagine the day you're changing the language you're thinking. You become someone else. You, you evolve. You, you cannot be the same person. That's actually something that happens to me because I grew up in France and my native tongue is French and I've been, you know, thinking, dreaming, talking fucking in French my entire life. But eight years ago, I met my wife and she's American and I started speaking English with her. She also speaks French, but in our marriage, we mostly spend some time in the US and we do speak French. And eventually now I do think in English. 
not perfect English. I think my English is tinted with like some of my French construct. So that's why sometimes I say weird sentences that, that are like put together weirdly because it's like the residue of my French thinking and structure in my brain, I believe. But it's very tinted by the English language. And that actually changes how I think and who I am. And it's confusing sometimes because sometimes I just don't know who I am anymore because of the language, because of the language that I'm using to, to formulate my thoughts and to, to communicate and to be. So if you take that into consideration and then you just dream about speaking Chinese, for example, because I, I don't, I do not, and I, I don't understand at all, and I, I don't understand the idioms, the, the little drawings, you know, they used to write, but if you imagine that, they, 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 the, the structure of the language itself is different, you know, so we're, I'm comparing French and English, and we're having, you know, I'm telling you, like, this is a huge difference, but we have the same alphabet, like we're sharing the same letters, you know, we're basically sharing close enough the same sounds and so in the structure of like noun, pronoun, adjective, like all those things. Like there is very big similarities in our grammar and in our languages, even though they're very different and they are impacting the way I think. Imagine you replace all that by little drawings. And every time you have a word or a concept, you have a different drawings. And those drawings sometimes look the same, sometimes they don't. And the way they talk also, they have like so many different accent and variants to pronounce the same sound, but like the slightest little um, inclination before or after or in the middle of whatever changes the entire meaning of what you're saying. Imagine if you're thinking in that language, how different that is, how different it creates who you are, how, how much does it influence who you are. And then we try to communicate to each other and we, you know, between cultures like that, and then we are surprised that we're having problem understanding each other. It's like, come on. Just the language itself is like creating two completely different world and two completely different realities. And we have no idea. We just, we just think, because we're like, it comes back to what I was saying at the beginning, like this binary thinking we have of thinking like winner, loser, yes, no, black, white, we're thinking binary. So we're like, oh, you know, like we're going to translate. And we think that the translation is the direct translation. But there's some things that actually are expressed in Chinese that I believe are not transferable or translatable in any other language on the planet. It is only expressible in Chinese. And it's the same with French. 
And it might be the same with English. Like there is some notions that are very specific to each language and that cannot be translated. You can paint a picture about what it means kind of, but you can't translate it for real. Like, so th that's why I love like reading in the language it was written or watching a movie in the language it was made and and i'm very disappointed that france translate all the movies in french you know we have this huge uh, industry in france where all the movies no matter where they're coming from are translated in french so there's this industry of artists actors that are only like translator actors and they, they they're chained like they're speaking in place of the actor so you know imagine watching i don't know uh, the titanic and you have leonardo dicaprio like like for example like leonardo dicaprio like in french we say leonardo dicaprio it's like who you know at the beginning when I was talking with my wife and we were talking about like movies or movie star, she would, she would never understand who I was talking about. You know, I, I, would, I would talk about uh, whoever, like Leonardo DiCaprio or uh, Tom Cruise or, you know, like all those people that are very, uh, very, very well known. Like everybody should know them, but she she could never understand who I was talking about. And then it was just, oh Tom Cruise, oh Leonardo DiCaprio, oh, and it's like oh shit, of course. Like, and imagine you're changing the whole movie, and you're talking, and a French guy is talking talking over Leonardo DiCaprio like during the whole Titanic, and it's all now in French in this weird. It has nothing to do. It just doesn't fit. But when you grow up in a society like that, in a culture like that, I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I, I didn't know it was actually in another language. And it's only when I got old enough to see the original movie. And then I realized how more powerful the movie is when actually the, you hear the actual actor like, you know, feeling and saying whatever they're going through and they're actually expressing themselves. And it's not just someone in a black box looking at the movie and like pretending they're them. It, it's like, it just doesn't work. And also you take out a lot of the original essence because of the language. What I was saying about the language, you're, you're trying and I told you, like, in French, everything, everything you're saying take twice longer. So imagine an American movie where they're expressing themselves and they're going really fast. So, for example, I don't know, like a Rocky or whatever action movie where, you know, they're not talking forever. It's like pretty short, you know sentences and stuff and, and then you translate that in French and it doesn't make any sense because they don't have time to finish the sentence so they, they have to like sh make it really weird and short and so it's, it's those it becomes those grunts and those rawr, rawr, and, and you lose half of the movie 
you know. Also, Rocky Balboa speaking French is kind of funny, you know. <laughs> oh my God. So, I guess this is about like understanding each other. And if I get back to like the value system we have and who you are and what are your values, it's like not only knowing your own values is huge, but it, if we can understand that we are so different and that's okay, and that in, if you step out of this binary world, if you believe what you believe doesn't mean that someone else that believes something else is wrong. And obviously I'm not talking about being, you know, having the desire to kill everybody or, or to harm anyone. Like, obviously there is some values that are not values that are just fucked up. But if you're in the realm of just being positive and, and, and wanting good for yourself and for others, then there's so many ways to be and there's so many different values you can have and other human beings can have. It's weird because the more I grow and the more I understand I know nothing, the more I step away from having very strong values. A lot of the time when you have very strong values and when, I mean, I can speak for myself, when I had very strong values and I knew those were the right one, I was actually very ignorant and I was actually very young and, and very uh, limited in my understanding of the world. You know, ignorance is a bliss. When you, when you don't know, it's easy to have strong beliefs. The more you actually make the um, effort, the intellectual, emotional, spiritual effort to put yourself in someone else's shoes and see life through their eyes and understand what they're going through and remove the judgment of being like, oh, you're going through more, going through less, you're suffering more, you're suffering less, you're more or less right. And you actually just empathize and feel and understand them on a deeper level then it becomes really hard to just judge them and judge other people for what they believe. So I'm really curious to see where the world is going in this day and age where, where everything is so binary and so in, in such a position. And I, I understand that when a country is in a position with another country because of what I talked about, like the, the difference in the language, the difference in, in how we think, how we behave, like all those differences that are like just embedded in who we are and that we're mostly not aware of 
And then the simple outcome of that is to be in a position with someone else. But when it's happening in the same country, if you think about it, like right now in the States, everybody's speaking the same language. I mean, technically, right? Everybody's thinking in English. Everybody's sharing the same language, the same culture, the same grammar, the same structure, the same past. Like there, there is a common past, even if it's troubled, even if it's weird, even if it's suffering, there is like there is a history that people share here and there's a common future. And, and so there is so much commonalities. And even so, this country is so divided and people are f fighting against each other and, and they believe so deeply that the other one is wrong. And like if, if I was able to understand that someone in China that I cannot communicate with, that is acting so differently, that is thinking in a completely different way, if I, as a French asshole, Parisian, thinking I know the world and I know best, was able to understand the difference and understand that the other person was not wrong and that maybe it's okay to be different. How come people in America sharing the same roots, the same culture, the same constitution and whatever are not able to understand each other and just be, give each other a little slack? Like, chill the fuck out. Yeah, sometimes that's what I want to tell you guys. American people, chill the fuck out, man, relax. Come on, relax, that's okay. Different beliefs, different things, relax. Oh my God. Go have a hamburger and a Diet Coke and watch a movie superhero movie it's an interesting thing to be a French man in the American culture I like it I love it and I hate it it's like a very love-hate relationship so many things seem so trivial to me some of the problems that happen here seem so trivial and other problems like racism and segregation are problems that I have a hard time understanding because I didn't grow up with those references and I, I have to actually educate myself on that level to understand what people went through and what people are still going through and what is actually happening in this world. Regarding that, it's, I, I have to educate myself. We have very different problems and, and cultural racism in, in France that are that you cannot just compare or translate to the American situation. So th that that is fascinating to me in the sense that I have to learn and educate myself 
on those topics because sometimes I just don't get it. I, I don't understand w w what's the big issue because I, because I was not born here and, and, and I don't have the same references. But if we could all understand that, like when you don't understand something, that doesn't mean maybe the other one's wrong. Maybe it's because you're just fucking stupid and you have to educate yourself. But in this day and age, like, are we educating ourselves? Like, are everybody just doing what they're supposed to be doing to educate themselves? And how do you do that? Where are the source of your education? Is it like a weird website on the web that is going to tell you, feed you crap and bullshit? Because right now it's so easy to, to get false information. But there is. There is good information out there. Do your, how do you call it, like due diligence research and find the sources that are actually, um, you know, experts in those fields. Because there is, there are, there are experts in every field. It, you just need to find the source, the, the right source that's actually, and, and, you, and you can't trust anyone to do that. You just have to, to research and do do your due diligence to like be smart enough to cut the bullshit out. Well, on that note, I've been telling you guys to um, support the podcast, but it seems like it's not really working. Like I think on iTunes, there's like three people that said they like the podcast. And I can see that there's more than three people listening to that podcast. So seriously, people, like what happens is that if you don't do anything, the podcast stays in the like shadow of the deep ends of iTunes and Stitcher and all those different platforms. It's like, you know, the, the algorithm that are like putting the podcast on the front row is weird and is just clickbait basically. So if there's enough people liking and um, doing a little um, review and whatever, like that actually makes my podcast more visible for other people to find it. But if you don't, and I, I did it for myself, you know, like I went on iTunes and liked my own podcast. But the thing is, I'm only one person. So I'm, I'm one of the three person, actually. I just realized that. So there's only two people out there that beside me that went on the podcast and liked it. So th that's why I need you. If, if you've been listening to the whole thing and you're still listening now, seriously, it means like you you made it. You made it through you're okay listening to me ramble about whatever is going through my mind. So take a few seconds, scroll down and find the space where you can actually rate the podcast, put five stars and, and even review and just, just be like, Hey, cool guy or cool podcast or yeah, I like listening to it or wh whatever. You don't need to like write a freaking uh, novel, you know, like just, just, or a smiley face. I don't know. But if you do that, uh, the, the algorithm that I, no one knows 
the code because those codes are not available and it's a black box but obviously people figure it out like the more you have likes and ratings and whatever the more your podcast move up front on the front line and that would be cool you know if more people were had the opportunity to listen to it so yeah and if you want to buy juggling stuff check the show notes everything is in there and uh thanks for listening to the show remember failure is an essential part of juggling but failing is not a problem the problem is not learning from your failures so get out there and juggle fail learn repeat Uh